Will there come a time, said man, when data will be sufficient or is the problem insoluble in all conceivable circumstances? The cosmic automatic computer said, no problem is insoluble in all conceivable circumstances. Ahoy, and welcome to the Sunken Treasures Podcast. This is an exploratory adventure where five friends from across the globe seek to find hidden gems lost to the tides of time. From cinema and literature to philosophy and economics, we are a small yet mighty armada of unique expertise, and together, we attempt to map out meaning in our world today. The captains of this adventure are Daniel Knickerbocker, Alejandro Chavez, Donovan Roberts, Vikyat Mutiala, and me, Kat Lee. Keep in mind, this is an interactive podcast. We recommend checking out the episode's treasure beforehand for a much richer experience. You can find links in the description of the episode. So, are you ready to sift through the sands for the sunken treasures? For this week's episode, we'll be exploring Isaac Asimov's The Last Question. This is a short story from 1956, and it was brought to you by yours truly, an amateur sci-fi lover, I must admit, but some Uh of the contemporaries that we've kind of explored are um, Robert Heinlein, too, previous episodes with Stranger in a Strange Strange Land. But for those of us who, you know, are listeners that maybe didn't get a chance to read this, Vicky, would you mind giving us a... A summary of what this is all about. Yeah. The last question by Isaac Asimov is set in the year 2061. By this point, humanity has a very powerful computer, which has helped them become slowly a spacefaring civilization. They've reached Venus, Mars, and Moon, but fuel is what holds them back. But in the year 2061, they understand how to harness the power of the sun to fuel their spaceships and other things. And Isaac Asimov takes us through huge leaps in time and shows the evolution of how just the fact that humanity could could harness that energy takes them from a planetary civilization to a galactic civilization to a universal civilization. And the story starts off with two drunk scientists having a talk about because we have energy, we are going to last forever. One of the scientists disagrees and he says forever is not forever, maybe billions of years but we can't do this forever because entropy is going to ensure that all of this ends sometime. That is not reversible. Then they ask this all-powerful computer for an answer and to their horror, it just says insufficient data for meaningful answer. And millions of years pass, a different and advanced humanity asks the computer the same question and receives the same answer. And a lot more time passes till humanity has evolved to a point where they are all mentally the same being almost a much more powerful. And even the computer is getting powerful to the point where at one point it is just a couple feet wide, but it's much, much more powerful and can do a lot more. But even at this point, insufficient data for meaningful answer. And as all the stars are dying out, humanity's initial sun dies out and humanity is on the verge of losing all the little stars they have left. Man with a capital M asks the computer if an answer has been found, 
but the answer is the same. There is not enough data. And he requests the computer to keep to, to keep on the work to collect data. And he finally becomes part of the of the computer. And the computer keeps collecting data. And it evolves a system of relationships about how things work. And because it has no one to give an answer to, its its output becomes who it gives its answer to. And thereby, towards the end, says, let there be light. And there was light in a reference to the moment of creation from the Hebrew Bible. And that is a short summary of uh, the last question. Nice. Thank you so much, Bikyot. I'm really excited to dive into this with y'all. It hits on a lot of points for me. Um, thinking about the future, of course, is always fun. And when I read, you know, 2061, I'm like, bro, like, that's not that far away. <laughs> like, that's only 38 years away. Um, For our listeners in the future is 2023 right now. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yes, if you're Thank still you. listening to podcasts, get a life. <laughs> Put in the comments. Twenty sixty one. Body is still around, right? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, like, but why did you question. choose it? Oh, yeah, yeah. What made you choose this piece? It was it has like an eerie feeling to it, right? Like I guess any proper sci-fi does, but for me, it really calls into question kind of our our relationship to computers today, which as we know, like, again, we're in 2023, we're seeing how AI can create all sorts of, you know, deep fakes and, and altering people's voices. And, you know, it's both wonderful and powerful and scary and terrifying. And, uh, but it also calls into question kind of like, how are we using our energy sources too? Right. When, when it's all said and done and like, we lose that star, like, did we really make the most of it? I say we in this like greater existential sense of humanity, of course, but yeah. And I guess I'm, I'm also particularly curious to learn more. This is one of my first introductions. I came across this, I guess a couple of months ago, um, a friend introduced me to it, but Isaac, I, 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 forgive me if I say this, it's Asimov, right? I don't right. know why yeah, I'm Z, overthinking it. Asimov. Yeah. Asimov. Okay. Uh, but he was a professor in biochemistry at Boston University. And I think I'm just particularly drawn to people who have these two wildly different disciplines. Like he's both a creative writer and like this dedicated academic. Um, and of course, there, there's got to be some kind of like symbiosis going on in that relationship of his kind of creative life and analytical life that biochemistry supported maybe this this narrative this dialogue of how are we depending on the technology around us and and will we ever have you know this answer of of you know is are we using data appropriately is there is there sufficient data for us to actually make an educated decision about some things. Um, so, yeah. And I just, from more of like a writer's perspective, I love the breaking down into these different kind of micro perceptions. So you get to experience you, the family dynamic and, you know, the two characters who are like 
XZ1512 or something. Um, oh, sorry, VJ23X and then MQ17J. Um, and that's not so far from, it seems strange to call people that by their names, right? Like to use these. Isn't that what let Elon it, Musk's like, Elon Musk child named his child. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's like the future is already here. I don't know. I guess a question for y'all just to kick it off is 20, 20, 2061. What's going on? How do you see the future? Oh, How man. do you see what influence do computers have in our lives? I think, I think like, go yeah. ahead, Donovan. <laughs> no, I'm saying by then, based on the progress I've seen from places like Boston Dynamics, I think we will be able to mount, it, we will be able to um, connect AI and robotics to create these personal assistants or like labor-saving robots. And um, if they're actually able to experience the world, you know, in a sensory type way, then I think that the knowledge that they will present us about a lot of things will cause significant growth. So I believe between now and 2060, as you said, I don't think we can imagine the types of discoveries that we'll make between now and then. So, you know. It's so we got um, our Starlink and it's like, name your internet, you know, and we always like to be cheeky about it. Like we never just have it say like, you know, our last name. And so we decided to name it Skynet for all of the like Terminator nerds out yeah. there. <laughs> it's like, yes, Skynet. Um, it's like the hand that goes back in time, right? Like the, the robotic hand that <laughs> it's like in the case. Um, I, for me, like what this story hit on is I love, I'm a hard science girl. Like I fell in love with physics, like the moment that, it spoke to me and I had an extraordinary teacher that was part of it. Um, but this idea of entropy, which I think is a, um, a concept that is very loosely understood, but you know, most people don't fully get it. And I think part of what Isaac Asimov was, um, hitting on is that this is like the question that came with the discovery of the second law of thermodynamics. Like there was like, like an existential mm. crisis in the, 1900s when they're like oh my gosh like are we gonna run out like is it they called it like the the heat death of the world um because they acknowledge the fact that if this is the way we're going that we're not going to have like we won't have the ability to turn heat into mechanical work that eventually like, we won't you know things will disperse and so I do think it's a really interesting concept to then apply to where we are today. I don't think, you know, in the fifties they could have possibly seen it, but you know, this idea of, of probability and things becoming less concentrated. Like we had this one computer that did everything. And then the computer, like, you know, it's like drop one of the classic like entropy analogies that usually, if you drop a, um, a droplet of ink into water, it almost never collects back into a single droplet of ink. Like, could it happen? I mean, I guess it could like collect in the bottom of the glass as like one droplet of ink again, but it's super unlikely. 
Um, like it's so unlikely that it's considered like not an option. Um, and so when we have, when we're talking about AI and computers, like, are we ever going to like pull it back into a single computer again? Like probably not. And so I think that's a really interesting thing to look at as far as the direction. Yeah. One thing about the Skynet, because of course this is like from the Terminator, scary stuff, but it's also very much real. Uh, China announced their Skynet mass surveillance back in 2013. Yeah. And they actually call it Skynet. (laughs) um, Terrifying. Um, Yeah. They they, they didn't mean to terrify anyone when they called it Skynet. They're just trying to remind their people to be obedient. Be good people. (laughs) We're always Mm -hmm. watching. Otherwise we'll send a Terminator. Can't Mm -hmm. wait for that to come to the West. Did you guys see... Um, the devices that they advertised at the the last one of those global meetings with those elites people, they had a conference thing where they were showing some headsets. Did you guys see oh, the that? Apple, the Apple headsets? No, 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 no. no, no I think he's talking about the World Economic Forum. One of those forums. They are now releasing a product, a headset that you can put in your ears that monitors your workers. So you can know if they're not focusing on their work. If they tune out and start thinking about something else, that's not work. Oh, that's scary. Them. They, bzz, they electrify them. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to show you guys what to believe. But this thing literally, it's, it's like when you're at work, no, you're completely a slave. Completely. You don't even get to, tune, you don't even get to think about your, your child at home without it sending See? a notification to your boss. If I understand correctly, like it's able to detect when your attention changes. If you're not focused on work, yes, it it sends that signal to your. um, And it like goes in your ears. Is it an implant or is it just like a a wearable? It's a headset. Probably a wearable thing. Um, Let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I can find it. What? I mean, you're gonna give me nightmares, Donovan. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is the beauty of of. You know, we've been exploring these different authors, um, like Isimov, and 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 just I don't know, like recently, maybe two weeks ago, Netflix dropped their new season for Black Mirror. For anyone out there who doesn't oh, know yeah. what Black Mirror is, is this dystopian show. Um, each episode, it's its own story, but it's about the, this the main theme is how technology um, goes sideways you know like they how, how humanity can change drastically as a consequence of digital technology and you know the more it advances like dystopian futures um, and and I don't know I, I do think there's something about technology people are not or maybe we're just not that conscious about you know like it is just as uh, great to have a chat gpt to do my emails now and to do my presentations and For save sure. my time well, and go this, eat tacos but at the same goes, time you know i think this is super similar to the actually the last week's episode or the the episode that we did on fasting from the standpoint that like all of a sudden there's these convenience foods, everybody's really excited about it. Nobody understands that like in 40 years, the inflammation, like that the heart disease and diabetic rate is going to. And, and so, yes, like is, 
And like, how do you, how do you participate in that without being like the weird, <laughs> right? like, like it's so, it's such a weird, like bounced. Cause I know people that like decided to go live out in the wilderness and like only have, like they avoided all the stuff from the, the processed food regime, but also like missed out on a lot of cultural things. I, and is that bad or is that good? Like, it's such an interesting thing. An idea that I've been kind of wrestling with, and I don't really have a firm grasp on it, so maybe y'all can help me with it, but applying this idea of entropy to, I guess, technology. And specifically, I've been thinking about using social media as an example, right? Social media came out, let's just say that first iPhone was like, what, 2007, 2008? So let's say social media like really kicked off like 2009, 2010, roughly, and of course, we want to define social media. Of course, there's social media before I some think, smartphones, but well, there was what like do you think out of it? MySpace. No, MySpace was like 2004, 2005, they're about, right? I guess so. I the smartphone edition of, of social media that, that where yeah, you can access Apple's, it I think, anywhere. Well, I think this, the first smartphone was the Apple iPod thing. The first one that was released by Jobs. I think that was 2008, if I'm not. Was that so late? I, 2008? The first iPhone was, I think, yeah, seven or eight around that time. Yeah. Right. So that's, I guess that's where you'd say it starts, Kat? Right. I, I guess I'm using smartphones as this grounding factor because that's when technology became around us. Um, you know, yeah. just like Omnipresent. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, I even had a Zynga back in the day, like when I was still using like a full on desktop computer. Um, and so this is, applies, but this idea of social media, I feel like has kind of been going through a, a, this idea of entropy, that it's been dissolving in a way. And we're starting to realize these effects, you know, some 10, 15 years, 20 years later, how it's actually affecting our mental health, how it's affecting our social relationships, affecting consumption habits, you name it, right? Like in kind of playing and playing around with this idea of entropy, like where else can we apply, apply this to the world today? And how is that going to take impact from, you know, 30 years from now to 2061 or whatever it is? It's, I'm struggling with this. How it might does... be important if we define entropy, you know, so so we worked on the same. You are so mute, entro- uh, Daniel, sorry. Yeah, the second law of thermodynamics. Right. So, yeah. It's um, but but I, I, I think it's it might be, even for the audience to yeah, it's perhaps offer the a tendency clear definition. of a system to progress into a state where less heat is available to be transferred into mechanical work. Um, that's like right. the actual, you know, blow off thermodynamics. And then, you know, I think it gets loosely translated into a tendency for randomness or right. disorder. In chemistry, you know, it, it also, um, I remember like having this aha moment with like, ac- like, like chemist, like organic chemistry, that it's also the tendency for a system to adopt multiple different configurations. Um, and, and so, you know, when we think of random, we think of like, like chaos, but there's, it doesn't, doesn't jump into chaos, right? There's this sort of gradual 
change where things are, are trying out different configurations. There's less concentration or order from, from a very structural standpoint. Um, and then the system, it, and, it, and it has to do with the fact that our universe started in a very concentrated place of heat and has gradually sort of disseminated. Um, that's my basic understanding of it. And I think the big paradox about entropy, I think I think you said it really well, Danielle, like disorder, randomness, uncertainty. But the paradox being is that you can measure it. Yeah. Right? Like it's Yeah, I think it's um, measured in joules per Kelvin, um, usually. So uh, a measure of work over a measure of heat. Um yeah. So I think thermodynamics is certainly in the field. Um, I'm also reading that it's statistical physics as well as principles of information theory. Yeah. So we I think are... it up... From what I can understand about entropy, it seems to me that it means something that starts from a single, from a, from a point of concentration and moves into points of lesser concentration. So if you're talking about heat, you're talking about the point at which something is okay so you have you have a point where there's a heat coming from a certain point and that heat will radiate towards places of less concentration of heat right how else would that apply it's just like you have so for example oh boy so f- i don't know if you guys do know, it like, they said they said like if you're drinking a liquid and you have a straw in your mouth what you do is that you create a vacuum inside your mouth by taking out the air out of your mouth so the vacuum that you create is because you remove the air molecules and so matter any matter at all is attracted to that vacuum to fill that space it's like wherever there's a lack of concentration of something other materials are attracted to that lack of concentration of things and so something that is concentrated at a point will be attracted to other points of lower concentration of that thing so as if to say like f- physics or like physical properties ten- like have a natural tendency to find equilibrium um well, it's not quite equilibrium um, i would say it it tend, it trends towards equilibrium because that's well, the it, reason it why depends, that, that would be the reason why it's moving from the focal point and dispersing itself slowly because it aspires to find equilibrium it, but it well, to, I think it I depends think. on your definition. I don't think no, that's the scientific definition of it. Not equilibrium same, doesn't mean... Equilibrium has two arrows yeah. that go this way. Entropy has one arrow that goes this way. Yeah. The um, whole point is that there's aspects of... In a, in a closed system, there are aspects of the matter that are not reversible, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like the so whole point of this is the, that things get to deteriorate and there's nothing you can do. Like there's no right. way energy gets wasted. That's the, that's the whole point. Like, well, it's not. It, it can't be used in the same way. Right. But the energy right. is conserved because um, energy is is constant. Right. It, it doesn't. Right. 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 So, so to understand so, 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 for the mm-hmm. to understand for the context of this story, I just like read the definition, and then I I know I I I'm not like a science guy or anything, but uh, there was this example that was given about how if you put a, a piece of ice on a cold stove and then it keeps it keeps melting without a drastic change of like a complete overhaul uh, of the circumstance you can't you can't change the direction in which it is going back 
maybe you can maybe by some measure you can slow it perhaps or something like that but you can't make it ice again but in a situation where it's ice is in an ice bath it can by a minuscule change in temperature you can either have it become a smaller piece of ice or a bigger piece of ice there are both directions are possible so uh, i think in 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 the story they are referring to entropy and uh, the for the context of the discussion it is something that within with with a minuscule difference of the circumstance you can't reverse the process like it like 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 daniel said it's a it's a it's a one way it's a one way street you may right. slow it down in some circumstances but you're not having so it go way, back it's kind of like pandora's box right like once this thing once the energy source or whatever is released you can't really bring that energy back yeah but but one thing i'd like to say though i still i still would like to say that even though it goes in one direction so let's say for example you consider space to be just a infinite space of cold nothingness and then the sun is diffusing into that cold nothingness you would consider nothingness to be like zero then like that is the the absolute point of cold right even though it's moving in one direction you'd have to make the argument that once the heat goes towards the nothingness of space that that i'm saying that it's still trending towards equilibrium that's what i'm saying it is it is attempting to balance out the temperature of the universe let us say that the universe is has no. a finite space let's say the universe has a finite space when the sun totally melts itself into the cold of the universe the universe has to increase in temperature it's But, not as if it's not as if that heat is going to go and just be gone it just disappears no I, it I is the, actually the example might not be good of the universe the, the example think, might not be good It, but uh, if I we take say. this example, it's a, it's a shift in perception. So equilibrium is what you're saying. It's where there's where you're looking at the cold and the hot and that the concentration of each is balanced. But entropy is that the heat is not actually drawn towards the cold. It is moving away from itself. And so that is entropy is the direction in which that heat is no longer an organized source of heat it is becoming a chaotic dispersion um, Oof. so you're so saying that's the difference it's more of a propulsion it's being propelled as opposed to attracted no it's just coming out of an ordered state okay. so, so because that's the, because that's that's what happens and so ice is solid is the most ordered state Um, the molecules are very, are very you can tight see together. the lattice, yeah. right? And so then a liquid is less. They have more ability to move around each other. And a gas, a gaseous state is the least ordered state, just, which the molecules right. move around each other constantly in this. And so like, and then there's plasma, which I don't know as much about. Um, but so what, what entropy is stating is that there is a tendency for ordered systems to become disordered which is mm -hmm. like why things biodegrade that this is a sort of like, but there's, I mean, if we really want to get heavy into it, there's also a new like constructor theory um, that they're working on at Oxford in which they're delineating things that have like a, a machine that can do one job, but can't do the reverse. 
Um, and so this is, I think, where we're looking at the difference between entropy and equilibrium. Um, mm, right. But I think it's a shift in perception, Donovan. That's all. That that it isn't that the heat is drawn towards the cold, because um, that happens in a lot of systems, especially biologic systems, where they do move towards equilibrium. But this is actually that the heat is just moving away from itself. Why? Because that's what because happens. That's works. why it's a law. That's why it's it's. Do you need yeah, to study thermodynamics to know why? It's it's because that's how the universe started, right? It started mm -hmm. super concentrated, and then it moves yeah. towards a state of disorder. But but just like I described the straw, where all matter is attracted to a vacuum, wherever there's a deficiency of something, material is attracted to fill that gap, right? I think you're still so right if, in that example, but that's no, not but the, the vacuum. The vacuum imposes a force into a system, mm -hmm. and that's not that's an an outside thing. That we're talking just about like an unbothered state will, and once you act a force, then that force will have an equal and opposite. We can get into Newton's laws, which are sort of twisted by Einstein, but like this is just, and lots of scientists have tried, like the, I had, there's a great article about it in Quantum Magazine that talks about like what's currently happening and that, you know, so many scientists have tried to sh like debunk it because it's, it was, you know, an 18th century you know, suggestion, like a, a law, but that in fact, it, 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 it is what's real. It is what's constantly observed. Um, but if we go back to the novel and at least the use of the whole, the whole definition of entropy in the novel, because um, I think we can get wrapped story, up in a, in a whole <laughs> scientific, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a um, very short story. Like at least in the novel, the whole, problem is the idea entropy is the idea of things tending to disappear eventually Spe specifically because in this case you have a machine or humanity has invented a machine that consumes the energy right i guess it transforms the energy but uh to do work yep Right, to do work. It transformed the energy into work to do whatever it is that we humans wanted to do with that energy. But eventually, the whole concept in the novel is that the energy, the source of energy will run out. We will run out of stars from where to derive that energy. And there's not going to be, uh, right at the whole principle of entropy, like there's only one direction. This cannot be reversible. Like the machine is not going to make it reversible until... I guess in the novel it is proposed um, that it is, uh, but that's the whole science, like science fiction aspect of the novel. Like, like in the end, the machine was able to reverse the process and create life again when in time the end, and space the was gone. Is God. You know? it, it was. It was a bit. I think that was a flaw in my opinion because the last part said like time and space were gone already and the only last thing standing was the machine um my question is like where did you stand if there's no time and space uh but you know whatever um i i guess the interesting part or how i am reading it is the existential threat and our orientation to uh death and how death gives meaning to us like, if you think about it, the machine, if we think of as the machine as this non-necessarily sentient thing, that, like, the machine was not 
trying to find its purpose. It was just giving a purpose, right? Like to find an answer. And that's the whole reason why it didn't die until it got the answer. Um, <laughs> it's not that he, the machine, he or she, whatever gender you want to assign it, I chose the the purpose of like, oh yeah, I'm going to go into this quest. Um, but in the end, that was the human question that every last human asked himself, right? Like, is there a way can, that we cannot extinguish? And that was a very existential question, I guess. Like people got, at least in the story, we can see that people get worried about this question. Like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's the whole, the whole birth of our concept of existence. And, you know, when we sit down and reflect upon our own deaths and like, I'm going to be gone at some point and what am I going to do with my life? And like, just before we started recording, um, Kat was telling us of how she's turning. I don't know if you want me to say your age, but she's turning it's into a new like a, land, a landmark birthday. <laughs> Milestone birthday, right? Is is it, I guess that's a whole Call like, it a third life crisis, right? Like like entropy <laughs> is happening to us, right? Like at least as in the novel, like this, like I cannot get rid of my age, I cannot reverse this. So we're just walking towards that. So, anyways, I'm not going anywhere with this. I'm just observing that in the well, novel. I think that was beautifully entropy said. was something like well, that. And, and this idea of like a collective consciousness, right? Like that our our Usness, you know, there's um, this idea that there's another book that I, I kind of want to toss out, but it's really heady. But um, this idea that the immune system is the only thing that's keeping me, me, and you, you, instead of it just being like an us, right? Because you have skin and like immune cells that are like, no, this is not us. We should kill it. This is us. We should, you know, keep it safe. And that it's it's this like one system that it is keeping us individuals instead of this like, you know, mycelium network. And yeah. it is it is such a curious thing. Like how attached are we to our individuality? Is that threatening? Is that inviting? I don't know. And well, isn't it interesting that that's the last question? Sorry, just, just to put it out there. It. Like out of all the questions one can think of, I mean, it's a novel, I understand. But it's interesting to it's me that this was... Short story. story. <laughs> it's a short sorry. story, man. Sorry, sorry. Short, short story. Short story. Sorry. I'm, I'm just, I just keep thinking of iRobot. Oh. Like, that's a novel by him. Uh, oh. I was watching it before That's right. Here. That is by Asimov. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, in this short story, that's the question that is proposed as the last question. Like a question that cannot be answered, you know? Interesting, even by a machine, like there's not enough data. I guess there's not enough data means we haven't done it, right? Like you need to extinguish yourself to know if this is reversible or not. Um, it could also be an allegory for heaven, you know, or like what happens after you die. Like, well, there's no data for that, right? Until you just need to die to 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 know. But it's something you don't have access. And um, I think Asimov considered as himself a humanistic atheist. I think so. I think I've heard. What is that? that? Um, 
believes in the betterment of humans, but yeah. doesn't believe in a higher power. He was very rational. He was yeah, very he, spoke he about just created God in this story, though. So I, think I mean, he, there's a little bit he? of like I don't want to say mockery, but like a potential like like you know, it is a computer capable of the same sort of creative power. Uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, is a computer what? Capable of the same, like, cre- like if we were to create an all-knowing computer system that then disseminated and was an energetic being, not consolidated in a like standard machine, could that gather enough information to then launch a second version of the world? Of, of, of creation of time and space and all the things. I'm with you, Danielle. I don't think it was mockery, but I think he made a bit of a funny there. Like, I think he was having fun, being a little cheeky. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think um, so, too. Because <clears throat> that, the, the whole being like, and then there was like thing is, I think there was a little bit of, uh, it is cheeky, I think. Yeah. I, I think it's his attempt to, try to say that, you know, maybe it's like trying to avoid saying that there's a God, but trying to imagine a creation of a universe without a supreme being like a God actually creating it by saying that it's that we could have been created by man, not a being, but like a a byproduct of man then. So we are who will create God maybe in the future or something like that. Yeah, but just if I can finish, um, like to me, it is, I can see it as a substitution of what is happening today um, in terms of like, we're putting science and technology in the position of God nowadays, right? Like, um, and it's interesting because in one way or another, at least what the story proposes is that we still need to have that figure, right? Like, Still, humans turn to this high power called the the, the machine. What's the name? Machiavelli. Ma, ma, AC. Ma, well, the first name. Mal, multivac. Um, multivac. Is multivac. The, the multivac. That was the first name given to to this higher intelligence. Um, and it's interesting that for him, and maybe this is where the human atheist position that he held um, shows, right? Like. For him, yeah, there's some. We still need, as humans, we have this need to find meaning and the right meaning anywhere we can. And a lot of people do it through the figure of God. A lot of people now is doing it through science. Um, but you know, we I, still need that explanation. I remember. I'm remembering like my freshman Catholic religion class in high school. Where like we had to memorize like what are the qualities of God and the three qualities of God that that they assigned were omniscient, Omniscience. omnipotent, and omnipresent, um, and that is quite literally what we are hoping to create with AI, right? Like something that's all knowing, all powerful, and like all, all present, all present. Wow. Um, and so it really is this. I had never thought about that um, in that context, but that that there is an incredible overlap in, you know, what we have historically thought of as God and what we are trying to create. And like, why why are we trying to create it? Like, what's the... I think the omnipresent one w- won't be achieved. 
Yeah, because, because it's a machine, that's true. Because well, what about Neuralink? Like, yeah. if it's suddenly integrated into brainwaves, that seems fairly... It's satellites. Like, well, it might give the illusion. It, it might be give the illusion of, of omnipresence, like something that's just so there. It will be present wherever we are. But let's say we're talking about... Like, okay, so machines would have to employ technology that exists in the world. It has to use some form of waves, whether it's, you know, light waves or whatever it is to take in information. But it, it can't be everywhere. It can't penetrate everything. There's not a, a wave that can penetrate everything. I don't know. I, it, but it is in it the won't story. Be omnipresent. Well, I do or, or maybe, maybe maybe idea. Just, just I think AI will persist even without us needing to be present like or like ai is functioning even right now like we're using ai and satellites to detect wildfires like we don't have to be there but like ai is at work it is in so, a sense omnipresent right no ai isn't omnipresent um, ai if you shut down the computer no not right AI now but, it, yeah, but it, i think we're moving that's called that, agi I think that's artificial general intelligence that's the one where it thinks for itself and it it's a whole for sure. being so, you know, AI is just different. But the but idea even, of, like, humans having to be present in order for AI to be present, right. I think, is a bit of a fallacy. Well, maybe maybe not about to be present, but to have any reason to exist, I would say. Because think about the story. In the story, the whole machine got the answer, but there was no one to tell it with, so... The machine had to invent again the whole process and the whole. Let's. I mean, this is open to interpretation because this is not given in the in the end of the story. But my imagination takes me to the cycle begins again, right? Like the whole a whole new civilization and version of a species arrives, so that there's meaning to the whole quest of the machine. So to me, it's like. Yeah, like without the humans, there's no point for this whole technology. And maybe this well, is the flaw of inventing technology in the way we are doing it today. Like just this reckless inventing anything we can with this technology for the sake of doing it. This is, um, it's reminding me in our um, previous employer book club, um, we did Contact. I love that movie. I know. That was a great story. Yeah. Um, great. And it's, you know, that similar, like, and when she meets the other civilization, they said, this has been done so many times and it will be done so many times again. And mm. so there is also this idea of, you know, in our little universe, in our little planet, in our little, like, worldview, this idea that we are, like, the singularity. Um and so I think that also is such a big part of, of the narrative of it happening again. Has it already happened? Have we been through this cycle of create, sustain, destroy? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that was a very romantic idea. You know, that's, that, I don't know if it's coming from, well, for sure it's coming from before Nietzsche, but I guess Nietzsche coined the term of the eternal return, like this whole cycle of like life repeats itself. And it's, we're just doomed to, to the whole repeating of huh. events. You know, but that has to do with um, a pattern in terms of social pattern, social behavior. 
Well, but, but, that, but what he observed is universe. that things tend things tend to repeat, right? Like we that same story is repeated in different contexts with different names, but. That's the whole point. I mean, it's way socially. bigger the philosophical But maybe not just socially. Like, a species evolve based on their, like, environments. Like, the, there's patterning that happens with, I don't know, the idea of entropy starting, that the universe started as a concentrated thing and moves out. Like, right, this, and then that also happens in, like, individual bodies, right? That's why people age, because the system becomes more disordered and things aren't cleaning up the way they should. And right. so these these very interesting sort of, um, micro to macro or macro to micro um, redundancies or generalizations. I don't know. I'm not using the, the best words, but it is curious to wonder, like, did Nietzsche just observe within his own discipline something that's present, you know, in an ubiqu ubiquitous but, Yeah, it could be applicable to... It reminds me, my mom used to tell us this as kids, but she would say, there's nothing new underneath the sun. And of course, being a child, I'll be like, I always like recall it. that well, that you said that. I always like remember that. I was like, that is a very like wise line to say. She's a surprisingly wise lady at times, and of course, yeah, like as a teenager, child, you're like, of course there is, mom. Like, you know, this whatever cartoon never existed before. Like whatever. I would I would say that, but I, it's just prefer, a reiteration. Yeah, I prefer the one that says history doesn't repeat; it rhymes. It's not that it's it, it's obviously going to be different, and clearly there are things that will distinguish it. It just looks similar, and I think the only reason why we tend to go through these cycles of repetition, especially in a societal um, situation, is because we don't keep track of our history, and mm. people always have an incentive to skew and to deceive about history. And so because we don't learn our lessons from history, we end up repeating them. So I think Ooh, that's what I think you're to right it. about that. Because the, yeah. was it the victor writes, writes the story? Or is there something, whatever, some cheeky phrase about that? But yeah, I like. I guess you could say that. But I mean, I mean, there's just some things that even if you're not victorious, there are some ideas that are still, because for example, I don't oh, just know like much. just like out of shame. I don't know much about the whole history of communism or the reason why it didn't work or the reason why it failed or if it murdered as many people as was reported. I've spoken to people who said that, you know, it didn't kill that many people. It didn't cause starvation, that these are lies, right? And so even though it kind of failed, it wasn't a victor because capitalism obviously won out and the world is influenced by capitalism to, you know, the nth degree. It's still... I feel like someone is still twisting history somewhere there to kind of say something about that. As there's something twisted about it. We, we don't have a fixed, okay, this is what happened. This is why it happened. Learn from it. We don't have that set thing in stone. So, you know. I agree with you, Donovan. I think that's getting more prevalent, like more and more, just even the daily news, right? Like grandma walks across the street Another person says, no, this grandma like sprinted across. I don't know. Like you just get these uh -huh, reiterations uh -huh. of stories from different perspectives that like just trying to think of something non-consequential. But, yeah. you know, as we know, like our newscasters and headlines and like you could be talking about the same thing, but have a hundred different news line headlines saying very different results or like. Right. 
So everything is everything is twisted by perception. Like three people can see the same event and report it differently. And so maybe that's what causes us to repeat history because maybe our minds aren't that good of a you know hard drive to store actually what happened. I guess your emotions and how you felt in the moment will skew how fast that person was actually running. If you were scared, it looked like they were running actually super right. fast, but maybe they weren't. Right, right, right. If you, you were know. a sprinter, you would be like, man, that's, that's not very Super fast. slow. <laughs> yeah. So maybe there's that's a, why. There's a great Did, Japanese play called Rashomon. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but yeah. it, it's like the same story told from three different, different perspectives. Angles. Oh, cool. Um, I, we did it. It was actually a, a selection from one of my high school drama teachers, and that's how I. It's a Kurosawa like, film, right? Uh, I don't. I'm not sure. I just know it as the play because we did it in high school. Oh, okay, um, maybe it was. There a play. is a film that does that same technique. It's, I think it's called The Last. Yeah, Duel. yeah. It's a it's a famous Kurosawa film. The yeah. Oh well, I'm thinking of a different film. It's called The Last Duel. I don't think it's related, but it's that's, a three that part. Like, that sounds like something I'd be interested in looking at. Rashomon yes. is fan, it's fan, it's just such a great story. It's you know about what like an interaction that happens, and then three different people's retelling of that tale, and, and how you know you bring your history, you bring your persona, you bring your you know your viewpoint, your perspective, um, and then yeah, like is anybody actually lying? Because the tendency is always to say like that person's lying. It's like I think the pro- I think the main problem is. With the belief that, one, the belief that an absolute truth exists, and two, the belief that it is knowable. Hmm. <laughs> I think that is like a very hardcore obstacle we have because you're like, we're always like we are twisting history. We don't learn from history and this and that. But like, is it even possible to draw a line through it and be like, <laughs> this is exactly what happened? And then because it is because that only happens when you think in terms of movements and monarchies and governments and, you know, systems and all of that. But when you think about the passage of time as, you know, these millions of souls making these multiple decisions, it's it's so hard. I mean, I can't even bring myself to think that the absolute truth, if it even exists, is knowable. Mm. So, I don't know. That, and, which absolute truth? Which, which, which absolute truth you're, you're talking well, about? Well, any. Because if, there is one, if there is one, yeah. like saying, this is the answer. This is exactly what happened. Yeah, and, and, and I think the, the truth is Donovan is sitting here speaking into a mic to people across the world. That's absolutely true. So there are things that are absolutely true that are knowable 100%. I'm you know, a well, black man. Donovan is like, I mean, there are certain things we know what? that are absolutely true. So, I mean, oh it depends God, on what you're well, talking but, about. But, but I think that's um, that's a whole... That, that was but what happens when you expand it, including so many factors? I mean, saying I understand Donovan is sitting so I can understand... But are you sitting? I can't see your chair. Like, yeah. Well, th- yes, I am sitting. So, and that's... <laughs> but how do I know? That's, so that's the problem now. If you can't prove that something is true, doesn't mean that the absolute truth doesn't exist. So you don't know if I'm sitting. So you may say that, oh, we can't identify absolute truth because I'm not able to identify it. But the truth does exist because I can tell you that I can recognize absolute truth because I'm here knowing that I'm sitting. But, but that's the whole 
point? <laughs> you go I for think, it and go after. Yeah, the the word absolute is tricky. I we used to have this great um, practice that we would do in in the consciousness like leadership training that I did with Katie Hendricks called the inarguable truth, and so you would say something that cannot be argued with. And so if you're like upset about something, like my mom did, that could probably be argued with. So you can speak from like your own experience. I feel fill in the blank. Like I, um, you know, put bacon on a plate and gave it <laughs> to Adam and he walked away. Like that's what, that's inarguable. Like then I'm layering story on it. If I say he didn't like it or it wasn't good enough or he's being a jerk, like those are all things that are like layered onto it. Um, but we just, just, we just said that things, that things formed through perception can't be judged as absolute truth because it, your perception Ooh, wait, well, shapes uh, or you know how you right right and, and on that i think you're right like the whole point is like you're i believe you're right on observing that there is because i do believe that there is a, a, a physical world out there but the way we are designed we cannot access completely to it because we are layered by what Danielle is explaining, like this whole concept of, for me is language, right? Like language is what is in between you and the physical world because you can only speak about the world, but we can never contain the world with our words, right? Like that's why people is like, what do you say? Can you explain it differently? I'm not sure, you know, because language and the way we interact with each other and with the physical world is not... Like that, right? It's not the thing itself. Um, it's 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 incomplete if you wanted to see it like that. So and also, that's why we get into all these conversations of like epistemology and empiricism. Like, what's truth? What we observe is truth. What we derive? What science? But can science say that God exists or not completely? I mean, if sorry. I was like just if we about could to go have, down a similar path. If, if we could have said that God existed or not based on science, we would have done it already. Like the conversation would have been we, over. If what? If what? Years ago. Like like the question of like God existing and being being proven by science or not. Like if we could have able to attain the truth, capital T, we the conversation we would not have this conversation already. Right, like, like it would have been gone if we could, with certainty, attain these answers. We're limited to how much we, can, how we experience truth. But, but can we agree that it is rational to believe that God does exist, that there is a creator? I think. Okay, hold on. Pause. Time out. So I want to jump in real quick. Um, I want to pick up actually what Vikyat offered was like. Can we ever, if there is a one truth, and can we ever know that one truth? I think it's a really like kind of a dual question. And at first, my my egotistical human brain was like, surely at some point, right? Um, and then it quickly evolved to well, just that like evolution. Maybe we haven't evolved enough in our in our experience to be able to perceive that kind of information. And I relate this to religion a lot of ways because here we are humans, we've evolved for the past, what, 20,000 years. 
And lo and behold, like we had to walk that path for how many thousands of years before we had quote unquote religion, right? Like we had to evolve in a way that we could start reflecting on things greater than ourselves. Like we could actually develop the imagination that there is a powerful being. He's look, he, she, they are looking over, over us and, you know, they have our best interests in, in mind, but it was like, it was not a given, like God did not exist when we were 20,000 years ago, just trying to survive. We were, you know, so I I relate this to like this one truth. So Donovan, I do have to push back. Like you said, said I don't think it's rational. You said, I don't think it's rational. 20,000 years ago. That's what you said. Uh, Not to humans. We had no vocabulary kind of coming back to language. Like we had no way to express that because we did not have the evolutionary capacity to entertain those thoughts and ideas about the greater sense of life. Like regardless if God existed or not out there, for us, we did not have a capacity. I, I would agree with that. Like we didn't have the capacity to have a notion of God because language had not developed to the extent that has developed today. We I mean, it's rational to us right. now because we have the language to talk about it and to understand and to analyze so our you're saying experience. That it, you're saying that it didn't exist because we weren't able to talk about it? It didn't exist for us, like on it, our subjective experience. Because God we did not exist talk about it? That's yeah. why it didn't exist for us? Yeah, like the whole, the 20, whole principle years of ago, language Donovan, is... You know, Neanderthal, I mean, even more than that, but like Donovan would Did they have, have God? Yeah, exactly, right. Was that the it, same God? I mean, the Greeks so have in, multiple gods, you know? So, if no, anything, okay. I think it's rational to for us to talk about God as this development of the human experience, not as a given that made humans <laughs> what we are today. So, so, so I'd say this. If you're talking about God and morality and human beings and how we came to be and all of that, then you get into the religious aspect of it. If we're talking about the universe and how the universe came to be, to imagine that the universe is just something that exists and came out of nothing and, you know, two stones had sex and human beings were born out of two stones colliding in outer space. I mean, it, it takes a lot more to believe in two stones colliding that led to the spawn of the universe rather than to believe that there is a God, right? Isn't that the rational thing to believe that there is but a creator? But that also, but here's, there's this, there's this one there's this one random film I saw, which I don't even recall which. There's a scene in which uh, there's they're literally like talking to a character they, who's in that movie is God in like human form, whatever. And then the humans try to Morgan ask Freeman? him. So how did this, sorry? <laughs> sorry. What? Like Morgan Freeman. I was just saying Morgan Freeman. Yeah, like Morgan Freeman. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that sort of a thing. And then... And then they ask, so how did this all happen? And then the answer this God character gives is that, see... You see, there's that lizard beside the bulb. For that, the bulb goes on and the bulb goes off. Even if you try to explain to it how it happens, it cannot understand. So I always approach this from a place of humility in that I don't even think if you really want to talk about the cause of creation, the very idea of saying it seems more likely and more obvious that an entity created this than it naturally happening itself is human arrogance how do you know 
How do you know? Say you don't know. That's fine. No, that's no, fine. No, there are many ways to 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 assume or to say based on probability that it is more likely, right? So if you look at any of the, but these the, are still the, human inventions. These are still yeah, just. It's, it's still human you know, theor- theory, right? It's still it's still accumulation yes. of human thought. So this is what seems obvious to us now. So it's still just a. Oh, but I thought, okay, so so I know that most people like to trust the science, okay? Well, if no, you no, look no. at leave most people, no, 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 leave, leave, no, no, no. Let's, let's not do this. Science. Let's not do this. Most people, this side, that side, nonsense. Okay. We are just talking about creation. Entity did it. Happened by itself. Don't do this whole most people. No, it's just us now. Okay, leave most. But people. you don't even know yeah. where I'm going, though. Just just to hear what I'm saying first. Because if it starts with most people, it becomes all this side staking and all. What we said and what you said. You don't know go what on. it's going to become if you haven't even heard what I'm going to say, though. All right, all right. Go on, go on. Okay, finish that. All sentence. right. Let's see where it so, goes. So, if we are to trust science, we know that the universe is expanding. And based on what we know about science, it started from a point of focus and has been expanding outwards, right? Now, based on what cosmetologists and astrophysicists and these people are saying, I think they said that all the parameters to make existence on Earth possible had to come into existence something like a thousand millionth of a millionth of a millionth of a second. Everything had to be put into place so that Earth and everything could exist in the way that it it exists right now. To imagine that it's by accident, it's just by random occurrence that all of these things were put into place for the existence of human life on Earth, right? I mean, even if you look at the galaxy, the fact that Pluto exists is the reason why life can be sustained on Earth because Pluto acts as a cosmic vacuum cleaner kind of that attracts all the meteors. If you look on the planet, they have pictures of Pluto that will show you all the asteroids and meteors, meteoroids, or whatever it is, that hit the planet Pluto because it's way bigger than Earth and so its gravitational force protects Earth, right? Other than that, if you look at, there's so many things that gravity, if you move gravity by a little bit, by just one one thousandth of a percent or something, like Earth, we couldn't exist, right? The properties of water where ice becomes less dense as it freezes to protect marine life, it's the only liquid that we know of in all of the galaxy that behaves in that way. We're at a solid state. It's less dense than in its liquid form. There are too many coincidences that make life possible to imagine that it came out of random occurrence. So I'm saying, if we're using logic and reasoning, any at all, isn't it more logical to believe that there's a creator rather than to assume that we're here out of chance? But... See, here's the thing, right? The thing with any probabilistic argument is that just because it seems, uh, just because based on the information we have, it seems 90% right does not mean it's right. True. That's that's just not how probability works. And, and this also... is still probability based on current human understanding, which every 50 years, you know, vastly changes. So and, and the rest to, of the to... 10%... What are the rest of the, whatever the 10% is based on whatever framework you're using with, we fill with our, what we want to believe. But that's how like probability how, works though. In order for you to judge a probability, you have to have circumstances. You have to create a scenario 
and then judge a probability based on that. So yes, I'm saying based on what we know in science, we can calculate the probability. And the, the probability is something like one with 40 zeros behind it, that the earth is somehow yeah. came about due to random spontaneous that, behavior. See, if I'm the main statistician running the MGM Grand on the Las Vegas trip, I would buy that. But to define God, I find it almost, uh, almost sacrilegious. We're not defining God. Ought to say, ought to, okay, ought to understand the moment of creation. Being like, you know, based on my understanding and probability, this is what seems obvious. So God exists is, is, you know, it's still the rest of it is being made up by faith. It's not logic. If it's, okay, well, if it's well, well, 90% I say this, probability. Newton was a devout Christian. Einstein believed in the old one, right? Martin Rees, who's the greatest astronomer, physicist, cosmetologist, is a Christian. Everyone who understands the language of nature, which I believe to be maths and physics, anyone who can understand all the different mathematical nature of our reality, most of them, I mean, nobody imagines that this came about by accident. Most I of them understand that there has to be a creator. What's that, I think that's an assumption. Like, I just want to say, like, there's a lot of reasons for people to accept religion and God in their lives, and I want to support and, like, I think that's a beautiful thing. I think truly like that can be a beautiful relationship between that person and their, their higher being or however you want to call it. But it, the people that you just named, I mean, it's, we're also fallible. We're fallible humans who have probably a brain power a little bit too much. And so we struggle <laughs> to conceive what life means what are what are we supposed to do here and it's a coping mechanism it can that, be a coping to to find morality though you're talking about meaning no, and morality no, which is different am, from from whether or not there is a creator if there's a creator yes or no only takes into consideration understanding I don't, I'm nature. not touching on morality so much. I'm talking about why people, you know, people who may know the stars and the planetary, it, like the, know the depths of our space probably better than anyone that knows physics in an intimate way and still choose this, you know, higher power. And it's to, it, to feel safe in this world and to know that it does mean something. I, I don't think that's morality. I think that is the most existential and probably most brave thing someone can admit is saying, I don't know and I trust you. And I trust who? Yeah. I trust you. Trust who? you, this higher power. Like to commit yourself to a religion, to whatever it may be. Like I, I, I ultimately think like religions serve this purpose of largely three things. I mean, it, it gives, yeah, you have your, your moral compass. Like it gives people a way to, you know, how you should act in the world. Um, it tells you, of course, like, like meaning of life, right? Like it helps answer that existential question. And the third one, it gives you community. It's something to be shared with and to bring together like resources and, and family. And, and so you're not alone in those worlds, but otherwise like, yeah, I, 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 I let, I'm going to answer you. I'm going to answer you, but Alejandro has been waiting a while, so I'll let him go before me. Go, no, go. no, no. I really don't have anything to say. Oh, you don't have a, okay, so Kat, this is what I'd like to say. I think the people who understand nature and the reality in which we live and can check the probability of certain things in space and everything else with gravity and everything, right? 
I think for them, they all agree that there is a creator, that all of these things put into place for, to sustain human existence can't That's be by chance. That's a really bold assumption. Well, no, what That's I'll a say really is this. bold assumption. What I'll say is this. They all might, some might, like, like Einstein, he's very rude towards religion and Christianity and everything to do with morals and to believe we know the mind of God. He's very rude about it, right? And call it a childish, petty thing, right? Cool. But he also believes in the old one because he understands that the world and our universe could not have come to be without someone finely tuning, as I said, a fine-tuning argument, right? It's just a matter of which one you choose. You can choose a God. You, you can make up what that God believes. But to say that there isn't a creator, that's the point that I'm trying to get to. Before we get to religion and why you may choose a religion, forget religion. We're talking about the probability that there is a God who created our universe. That point, I don't think should be in dispute. I think to say but that may, you're an may atheist... I propose something? May I propose something? An ex a a yeah. thought experiment. Not even a thought experiment, but I, I remember Vicky had mentioned logic, right? And like how logic has transformed. Like we logic is not the same for us as it was for Newton. Like the notion of logic and how not logic operates, it has changed. Um, on the same token, because of that fact... Um, but by the same token of like having logic evolved over time, that has happened with quantum physics, you know, like the logic behind traditional physics. And this is why it is being disputed of like, is quantum physics? Can we say that is physics? Because it doesn't follow the same logic that um, classical physics follows, right? Like for classical physics to work, Uh, the basis of it had to do with a very precise notion of certainty, right? Like two plus two is four. Uh, but for quantum physics, what it's proposing is that we're not really certain of anything. Everything is a probabilistic um, number. And again, like with the example of, of the cat, Like we will not know if the cat is um, oh, Schroeder's cat, yeah, yeah. If the cat is dead or alive uh, until we see it, right? Until we can observe it. So I, I, I would say, I think there's... if we use just to finish, like we, if we use the same logic, right, that quantum physics proposes to us, um, I mean, we cannot be even by statistical analysis and probability we cannot be certain either way. So it is still a choice to believe, right? And I think that's if, where... If the cat is meowing point. and it's scraping at the inside of the box, I'm saying it's rational based on evidence to believe that the cat is alive. You understand know what I'm sure, saying? But I think, sure, I think. but, that's, but that's, that's based on a specific logic, right? Like, like, like the yeah. example makes sense based on the principles of rationality that... I would say classical science follows that for me. Sure. Like based on that framework, I would say yes to you all the time. But is it scratching and meowing because it's about to expire, like losing air. And then we open the box and it's dead. Like doesn't matter. But it's alive I at that point. I think <laughs> one of the things that when we come to like really what you're talking about, quantum mechanics, there is this idea that there are very few pure systems, right? A pure system is like me with no exterior stimuli. And then there's this 
this idea of an entanglement, which happens anytime right. two systems come in contact with each other. And I think, and then there are, then we do need to talk about probability and we do need to talk about all of these, these things because there are, then we have interference, we have contextual outcomes, we have all of these sort of things that, that come into play. And, and what's true is that we live in a constant state. I mean, I feel it, constant state of entanglement. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. And that I think, um, and I, I do think that I had, so Donovan, what you're talking about, I had ex, um, proposed by, I had an, the reason I love physics is I had an extraordinary physics teacher, um, Mike Thomas, like amazing. And he did. Who oh, you remember these names throughout the course of your life? You <laughs> oh my God. Because they were important. teachers. Like can't talk about important. her elementary school teacher that she hated. What would you oh, guys yeah, keep fuck track that lady. of these? <laughs> you don't remember your teacher's names? She didn't know the names, dude. Like, Kat said for the lady who treat her bad at her, like, oh, elementary her name school. Mrs. Morrow. <laughs> Miss- so, my, at any rate. Kat, let's Mike give Thomas. her a shout out. <laughs> Be like, boo. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Morrow. So, I went to. <laughs> my life is complete. <laughs> um, I went to a Catholic school, but. That, you know, Catholics are known for not being like super Bible literate. Um, and so like certainly not creationist bound. Um, you know, we're not talking about like the world having evolved in seven days. Like that's not a thing. Um, and so I had this physics teacher, like brilliant, also like super eccentric. And, you know, he was this enormous man. I sort of make up like you've done him, like super tall, like giant hands, chemically stained he walked with a limp at a cane and he had a prosthetic leg because he was like racing a Porsche and drove into a wall and like just you know you didn't get him till your senior year and he would he was German and move it Kindas and he would like walk with the cane he was like this incredible man um and you sort of feared him and you knew he was a genius like that was unequivocal <laughs> and he did this presentation of God through mathematics in which he like literally filled like four sides of a classroom with math and he used the probability of one to lead to the next equation and covered like all of the accepted equations in math and physics. And the valedictorian in my class was a very outspoken atheist at a Catholic school, which was hilarious. But at the end of it, he's like, how does that fit in your hat, Miss Carlin? <laughs> and like threw it like right at her. And so I do think that there is... It, it's undeniable. It's not I undeniable. Think it's, I think it's, it's undeniable. Com- I think it's compelling, but to Alejandro's point, it's rational. Point, there it's is a rational gap. to believe. The, the no, reason no, we no, have no. the reason we no, have faith is, is because there's a gap, right? That is faith, and yeah. so I think the gap is back, that we can't know. That's where the gap comes from. We it, we can prove we can have we have evidence and science, right. but we can't prove it. It's like the cat scraping at the inside of the box. Correct. It's rational to believe that it's alive. But we it's can't know. Sure. How do you define rational exactly? How is it rational if I, you don't like, know it, but I you like want to believe it? That's, I think yeah. it's. I think it's compelling. Um, I think if you if you hold math and science as this particular thing that's infallible, I think y- that you can get to a point in which a creator force is compelling. Um, I would say it's the closest we'll come to understanding the nature in which we live. I want to say that it's infallible. I'll say it's the best evidence for understanding our reality. 
And I think that what people like Asimov and Einstein, you know, and one could say that Asimov, as, as much as he's, you know, was an atheist, the, the story pokes at the idea that he could envision a creative force. Right. And so I think coming back to the story, there is this idea of, and, and this comes back to like Maxwell, right? Like Maxwell came to a crisis with his like, the death of the world by heat when, when he realized what this, the law of thermodynamics actually implied for the universe. He had a theological, like, do I actually say this? Am I going to be like hung out to dry? Like many other scientists who have come, you know, to the church with a particular compelling piece of information. And so I do think that there is an idea of a creative force, but there's also this idea of if there's a creative force, like why are we like destined to like failure at some point? And so um, I think, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot there, but the story. Failure? Coming, what do you mean by destined to failure? Well, that, 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 that we are going to reach a point at which there is no more heat available for work. Like that there will be an end. Um, and then does it start again? Like coming back to that whole idea of, are we this very special thing in the, the multiverse in all of time? Or is this mm. something that consolidates and, you know, begins anew? I don't know. Most really, I mean, I don't know. Vicky, what's the, what's the role of like reincarnate? Like I, I make up, there's something sort of cyclic. I don't know what <laughs> I'm curious to hear, like what your like faith-based perspective is. Oh my, I, so, so for me, the way I, like, I mean, if you're asking what the Hindu thing is, of course, there's, it's all cyclical, you know, it all, uh, you know, everything. And there are literally the three gods, one creates, one preserves, one destroys, which is Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva. And then it goes in these, uh, in the, in these circles. So that is there, but my, 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 pers my personal thing is that I, I always say it as I don't ever, I'm like, I'm never like, okay, this is the perfect. I was like, okay, this is a general idea of like maybe a, a bigger force is acceptable and then just move it along. But I'm never like, I know that this happened because how I see it is I see ardent religious people and atheists on the same boat because I'm like, you guys are on one side, but I'm somewhere else because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know that God exists or that he does not. I don't think I am capable of arriving at that conclusion with the human mind that I have. So I am in a place where if atheists are like, God doesn't exist. I was like, where did you check? Like, how, how are you? Did you, did you, did you like, how, like, there's this very, there's this amazing Louis C.K. joke I like, where it's like, where do you check? In the downstairs attic? Like, where did you check? Like, have you looked everywhere? So, and the same thing with like religious people, they want to believe because it makes life easier and it has been good for them and, and good for them. But saying that closes the gap in logic and saying that is why we know God exists and thereby blah, blah, blah. It's the same thing as an atheist saying God doesn't at all exist. So all this is nonsense. Religion is completely nonsense. It is the same human arrogance. Yeah, we, 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 can, we don't have to we don't have to talk about the absolutes and the people who say that this is definite that we can talk about rationality if you know science if you understand mathematics and probability 
We're saying what is rational to believe. So we avoid the absolutes. Based on the information we have right now, based on science, it is... <laughs> Dude, it's impossible for all of this to come about. For, the, for, for what sustains our life here, it cannot be by accident. That's all that I'm saying. It can't be by accident. Yeah, you're, you're, you're free to believe that. You're free to believe that. This is the thing, right? See, one thing we have to understand with probabilities is that there's this... The, the best way of... I keep referring to random pop culture things for philosophy. Forgive me for that. But there's this, there's this Batman versus Superman trailer in which Batman is talking about Superman. And then he says... This man, if he wants to, can destroy the world. So if there is even a 1% chance that he is evil, we have to treat that as a certainty and prepare for it. So I, let me explain what, where I'm getting to with that. Don't like go all Batman Superman Ooh, on me yeah. yet. So what I'm saying is that just because something is only 5% possible doesn't make it irrelevant because doesn't make it small because the impact of that 5% might be drastic. If you, because one thing is 95% doesn't make it more intense. Like if there is a 5% chance of you going bankrupt and a 95% chance that you'll get $10,000, you should not ideally take that bet, right? Because I mean, it, it again depends on what kind of person you are and all of that. But if 5% is you going bankrupt and 95% is you getting $1,000 or $10,000. So probability doesn't mean anything when there is such a glaring gap that you have to and some people choose to stick with the five percent and be like i don't want to you know give up my life in the hope that this all you know is some divine plan i want to i don't want to look up and think this doesn't make sense for me they choose that path religious people are like this gives me strength i choose that path both of which are amazing fantastic do your thing but the moment they are like see it was not proven so it doesn't exist see this 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 einstein believed in god so it exists it's like no no, it's not. It's not enough. You're covering the rest of the gaping hole in the logic with your feelings. That's not rational. And I, you know, I just had the thought that this, <laughs> what I get from this story also is that do we know, and, and I lean on the side of, of like creator, but that's also because I like, I'm a like fluffy girl. I like to think that this like special, amazing, extraordinary place that I live in is like, blessed by something you're so and, cute oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and and like I also don't know like how many versions of this failed before this one you know hit oh I was just about to say something similar like I think of I, things coming together like were there or did did like the rocks hit and the universe start and we got to a particular point and something didn't work and or like you know the entropy was more direct or asteroid hit like and then we had to wait like you know 20 billion years trillion years for it to start again and so i also think like that's the that's the science like devil's advocate like i do feel like what we have in this world is quite special and daniel to um, imagine that i'm saying the probability that that is how we came to be is something like one in a million, trillion, billion, billion, billion. That num the number is out there. You can look up the number. I think it's I, know. It, I think it's one times ten to the fortieth power. To I the fortieth power. Yes, it, but also like we're coming back to like Alejandro, to that this is our current state of understanding. And I will tell you that like the reason that I don't 
ascribe to a particular religion, it's like I'm undergoing my own like philosophical entropy, is because the definitions of God that are out there are far too limiting for my understanding of what mm. a creative power would be. Amen, um, sister. And that that to to claim a Christian Hindu, um, the Buddhists seem to be the most lenient out there, honestly. And I don't know that. That's just my perception. But that like then you have to adopt like all of the particular things that go along with it. And I think as I am you know, maybe it's that my worldview is entropic. Like, I'm not sure, but like, I feel that giving a gender, giving a timeline, giving a like, this has only been done once. I have like, to Vikyat's point, like the humility to just sit in this experience and mm. feel grateful um, speaks to me more than dogma at this point in my life. Um if I may make an attempt to reframe and refocus a bit, I think it's fair to say, and maybe we can all agree, that it is rational to think or to understand why someone may choose God in their life. A God. Yeah. I think, I think you that's guys, you guys, you rational. Guys are so Hold on, let me finish. Let me finish. Um, I think that part is rational. But... The, that gap that we keep referring to is unknowable. Call it faith, call it magic, call it whatever you want. Um, and Donovan, back to your previous point like about gravity. If gravity had changed just whatever, like 1% or whatever, and it made life here on Earth untenable for us humans, there would be other life, right? So it's like when you talk about God, it is God that is serving us humans, but it, it still comes from this egocentric place of life would per persist even if we weren't here, right? Like if, if that gravity was just a little bit different or if the, you know, Jupiter didn't catch so many comments and earth, you know, took a smacking or something, you know, whatever it may be, it's, it's, there, the possibilities are far too wide and far too strange for us to conceive at this point in time. But I think there is also something that we can agree to. If we had a computer like the automatic computer here in the story, and we could just ask it a question, and you would give us, I'm going to call it an objective truth as opposed to an absolute truth, but you know, just ask it a question, and based it would tell data. us, based on data, what what the fuck is up? Because I have questions. I would want that in my life, right? Like, so Asimov walks us through like five different encounters, right? Like we meet Adele and Bert who are attending the computer. We meet the family, Jer Jared, Jaredine, Jaredette, one and two. And then it goes to VJ23X and MQ, whatever. And then last, not last, but Z prime and Lee prime. But last is just this idea of man having a conversation and in, in all five of these encounters, we see the question come up, basically, how can we stop entropy? How can we turn on the stars again? How can we reduce entropy, at least to prolong our energy source? And like, you know, can entropy be reversed? And what does the computer say? And I think that you could substitute that question for, is there a God? And what you would get is, 
insufficient data. It doesn't mean that there isn't the ability to fill that. Like this is, these are the limitations of data, but it, it's so why do you think Asimov did it that way though, too? I'm, I'm curious from like the reader's perspective, what was your experience being walked through these different encounters and each very different perspective, your different kind of get the family dynamic and get the worker dynamic and yet still coming to the same question. What is that? How, how did you feel about that? Or what do you think the effect that Asimov was trying to evoke? Well, to me, it's the same thing that I mentioned earlier. Like it is a very existential question. And I think a lot of our experience as human beings is dealing with that question. Maybe we don't, I mean, we don't deal with it every day, uh, 24-7, 365. Um, but, you know, once in a while it comes to us. And when we when we think back of, on our decisions, that's when the question comes, right? And maybe there's also, inter- like to me, it's also interesting that humans, and and I would like to entertain that idea further in my life, like, why are we so interested in prevailing? Like in the story, humans prevailed for billions of years. Like death was not, death as like your corporeal, you know, skin deteriorated after 100 years or so and you went away. Like why are, why are we so worried about this? Like even the humans back in 2061, like, why the fuck are you worried about this? You know, like you're not going to experience it. Whoever's going to experience it is billions of years ahead of you. Like, why is this relevant? That's, I mean, that's, that's an interesting point maybe to observe. Why is this relevant? Why, why should you ask that question? If you're already, you know, like, it's not going to happen to you. Well, maybe, maybe I'm wrong because they did they did overcome you know death or like running rotting in your corpses so maybe it is relevant for people in the future but i don't know it's a very existential question maybe that's that's what i think uh, asimov brought into the story right like in the end that's what that's a major thing that distinguishes us between being humans in a computer, right? Like the fact that things mean something to us in a computer, the computer doesn't really care, right? Like at all, like the computer does whatever we say it to do, but does not have any care. Attachment to the result. Right, right, like there's no meaning being created by the machine for itself. Um, So that's a pretty good distinction in my opinion, like, the question about, you know, life, it's quite relevant. I don't know. That's my opinion on, on that. A, a, a question. At one point, did the story allude to human beings becoming a cosmic being? Like he talked about them um, melding into one or something like that. Did they? A collective right? consciousness. We evolved into what? Into one it's all mentally one mind kind and of energetic man with a capital M. 
Uh-huh. That's what right. that's what we that's what human beings evolved into. Yeah. yeah. In the story, yes. And so we if became we became one. one mind, one thing, and we have no bodies, how did we die? Well, we merged with the computer. That's what we said in the story. We became one yes, with right? the computer. Yeah, we Oh no, no. The the no? Because yeah. becoming it's, it's the man with the capital M happened even before that. Um, so it says man's last mind fused only AC existed and that in hyperspace. So that is yeah, later. So oh, just, we became part of the whole, I guess, right? No, like I think it's fused, entropy so at just, its finest, right? Yeah, it is. We leave our bodies, then we leave in our individuality, then we leave like existence. Yeah, we became but, God. but but okay. If we no longer have bodies and we evolve into these cosmic beings outside of a physical body, right? Why would we die if the sun burns out? Because the doesn't the computer still need energy? But the computer kept running. It's yeah. the one that solved the issue. That means it, it it spent billions of more years figuring out the question before saying let there be light. And so clearly it doesn't right. need the energy because there was nothing. Matter and everything went away. So how how did we die, number one, sure. if we have no physical bodies? And, uh, you know. I mean, maybe maybe is that, like, for your one question, I would say maybe we transcended that state. Because maybe dying, it is for very physical, embodied experience. And maybe we already surpassed that. So we were not. Maybe the question about can we reverse it? Was no, not much. Alejandro, of it's staring at us in the face. It's repeating again. It's literally yeah. coming into a full circle. So, like the AC starts and brings new life again, but right. after the full, the full, I don't know, degradation of entropy. Right, right. Like it went, it went, it went away. All the spirits get to heaven. Then the whole thing stops. And then it starts again. And I don't know if Asimov. Because I know Asimov was very rational. Um, I wonder why he did say, like, time and space were gone and the only thing was the machine. Because, I mean, in my, I, I have the same question as you, Donovan. Like, I mean, how can the computer exist? I, mean, I, think, after I think there's, there's a reason. Nothing? I think there's a reason why he waited until all human beings died to say that there was a one creator. He came, it, he brought it back to the the notion of it wasn't a group of people. It wasn't like three last human beings and the computer that brought existence, you know, back. He waited until everyone died except for this one AI that formed the universe again. I think, you know. Who he, waited? Know. He, as the guy I, who wrote the story. Yeah. He chose oh. to kill everyone off before finding well, the Well, yes, because that's, that's, that's the data point that the machine needed. Because think about the question. The question is like, is yeah. entropy, is in, are we able to reverse entropy? So the only data point that was missing is like, well, we need to die to find out first, right? Like that's the only, that's what we need to, it needs well, to happen well, for us to assuming, know if it's happening. We're assuming that that was a data point that led to the answer, but I'm not sure that it was. Well, but think about it. Not then all any, information any point had been collected. So you could, right. without Everything question... Yeah, like it was collecting the all these billions it, of data. I think it did say then all information was collected. So maybe right, you're right. right. But, maybe you're right, Alejandro. I say, but that was the, the last data point. The last data so point is that like humans are gone. 
all collected data had come to a final end. Nothing was left to be collected, but all collected right. data had yet to be completely correlated and put together in all possible relationships. A timeless interval was spent in doing that. Right. So in its own way, like all the people that died, the AC is working through all the possible configurations of all the data collected over the billions of years until that final moment when it said, let there be light. But Much it doesn't... Like, hmm. It doesn't actually reverse entropy, right? That, that's the question. All It like starts over, right. which is very yeah. different. That it doesn't like back up. We don't like suddenly see people. Just um, like the two rocks you've been talking about, Donovan, like one thing ha- had to happen for that, you know, the universe and like the big bang, like everything to come into fruition. Like it's that, that one moment, well, that one true. configuration, the AC finally configured in whatever way. It was it was kind of like, like there's two rocks hitting. Like that's that's the thing. First of but, all, but, I was joking about so, the rocks. There could rocks. I was going to say I didn't think that was the Big Bang Theory, but like there yeah, I was going to run with it. They would have to. <laughs> they would have to had been a big band to create those rocks it, that would then lead to the creation. So I mean, the theory itself so is a joke, right? No. Yeah. So I'll leave you guys. Yeah. That's what. But, but we I should do some gonna, more space <laughs> talks, honestly, because like. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking we should read that contact. That's so good. Yeah, um, me one, too. I'm done one last thing I'll complain about though before we before we go. <laughs> okay. With this whole, with whole I thought thing. he let us be. <laughs> no, no. Every podcast no, no, ends with the rant. It's ah oh, no. Yes. It's nothing. It's nothing that significant, I believe. But the notion. God. <laughs> no, no. Forget. Forget God right now. The notion, we're talking about conspiracy now and full science now. That's what we're getting into. So the notion that man evolved the states from one form of man to another, we do know that that's scientific gobbledygook, right? The whole theory of evolution, we do know that we have no evidence to prove that man came from monkey, right? That there's no Um, evidence to prove that... There's no evidence mm-hmm. to prove that a fish became an alligator and that alligator gave birth to a cow and that cow became an elephant. There is literally... Stay tuned for part two. <laughs> we, we, do, we do know that evolution is a joke, right? No. No. Phylogeny no. is real. What's real? That's yeah. A, that's a one-man show of the, What's that? Um, yeah. It's the phylogenetic tree. It's how things are genetically... Um, how DNA has been conserved like and, and you can yeah. you can see where things have branched and parts of DNA have changed. You can see how like we're yeah, how, do you connect, how do you connect the DNA of a human being to the DNA of uh, a turtle or DNA of a fish? By uh, the phylog- like phylogenetic tree, people have been spending hundreds of years on this. Um, yeah, but, but what I can tell is that after hundreds of years, there is zero evidence to show a change of kind. You cannot show any evidence to prove that a pig ever gave birth to a cow or that a monkey ever gave birth to a human being. No, but that's not what natural selection is. Natural selection. So do you know about Darwin's finches? This is like the quintessential example of natural selection. No. Um, So the finch arrived on the Galapagos Island. Um, What Darwin noticed when he was there. He hypothesized. He was, I don't think he was there. Was he there? 
Yeah, yeah. he was there. He, okay. His ship was called the Beagle. He was there okay. making observations of who lived on the Galapagos Islands. And I'm so glad Daniel like, exists right now or else we would have been like, no, yeah, I guess sits, everything. Sits, sits, dinosaurs sits, and men. So there's, yeah. there's this, six. Don't celebrate there, it. There are six <laughs> yeah. species of finches. Yeah. The finch looks exactly the same, but the beak shape has changed mm-hmm. because the food source is different on different parts of the island. And that is right. when he derived that over thousands of years, the ones who, like the mutant that had a different beak, could eat a different food source. And then he was able to survive because he wasn't competing with other finches for the same food source. Right. And so then mutation begets survival. And that's how you can see these, like, that it, it, this, is not a, this is not a fast Good. process. No, no, I'll, I'll tell you what you're confusing. What you're confusing is that that bird modified itself, but that bird stayed a bird. That bird didn't become an elephant. What I'm saying is that it's impossible to change kinds. You can change your form. Like human beings, we know that if you find humans inside the Amazon, they have different jaw structure because they eat different food. They have more, you know, different structure because of the type of food that they eat is harder. And so they look and shape differently. But it's a man. It ain't a monkey. There are no monkey men out there that are monkeys solely evolving into men. It's yes, not possible that's, to that's move. It's not happened. possible. There is, okay, there is zero What's evidence in nature. Zero evidence. I'm, that's what I'm answering now. There is zero evidence in nature to prove that monkeys evolved into men. And if, because they if, didn't. if monkeys... It was, a mon- it was primates. They didn't. Yeah, yeah, it's um, never men, monkeys. It's primates. There are old world primates. They're, they're like singular primates. Mm-hmm. Um, that evolves when certain things learn to grow, like when mammals, terrestrial mammals, learn to climb trees. One had, like, you know, arms. It could climb the tree. Maybe we should do the origin of the species next. At any rate, so what, um, what we know is that based on habitat and based on, like, Lucy, right? Do you know about Lucy? Um, mm. Australopithecus africanus was God, the I love like you so much the common ancestor Latin? of Neanderthal man <laughs> and Homo sapien, which are different. They're different. Homo sapien lived alongside Neanderthal man, but Neanderthal man was not able to outcompete Homo sapien because of the brain development. But prior to that, you have Australopithecus africanus, which is the link. They called her the link when they found that skeleton because her DNA was neither man nor primate. And so she was the intermediate species that showed that. And I think it goes more towards chimpanzee. I do not think it, it, like nobody's saying that a monkey um, monkeys have like um, tails Tails and everything, which is the main um, difference. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, it's more like so, gorillas and orangutans, I think. Are, no, it's yeah. chimpanzee, but you can... So oh, okay. here, here's why the tree is important, because there is a species here. From that species comes gorilla, chimpanzee, orangutan, some, some other, low, you know, whatever. And then from here, you get Australopithecus africanus. But again, like, she's a species that went... Chimpanzee went one direction, she went a different direction. And so when you look at the phylo, phylogenetic tree, it starts with, like, protozoa, Right, the first multicellular organism, and then we see things go into. We go to plant. We go to fit. You know, fish. We go to, and, and then like 
you can see through DNA like what's conserved and what we have in common with certain species. And that has helped inform where these branches have occurred. So Daniel, what, what did we evolve from? Where did human beings come from? What animal or what other type of thing did man evolve from? I was wondering because if you I'm, could pull I, up that because, tree, yeah. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at a tree right now, and it shows a fish moving into another, um, like a turtle thing, into a monkey, and a monkey going into a man, into a human being, which is absolute nonsense that is somehow is taught in school and is called a science. And there is zero evidence for any of this. We have never proved that any one animal can give birth to a different kind of animal or ever changed yes, shape we do. to a different that's, Go that's ahead, what please. That's what mutations are. Mutations are when something arises that is... So you have like... And it's super I mean, slow. It's not like a turtle giving birth to a fish. That's kind so of So where outrageous. is the man monkey? Find me a man monkey. Find me that's a monkey. That's what Lucy was. It's, it's Lucy. Find, okay, find me Lucy. Who's Find me the man Lucy where it's right in between the process of converting from Lucy to a man. Could you find they me a man her. Lucy? Yeah, oh, I got A man it. Lucy. Okay, they, they found her, yeah. Um, I mean, I think she okay. dates back, like, literally, like, more than 20,000 years ago, because um, I think, like, All right. she wasn't okay. technically, like, homeo or a... <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm awaiting. I'm awaiting. Okay. So this is um, Australopithecus africanus. She is small, um and like started to see features that were more man-like, but more importantly is that she started to walk. You can see through the, the changes in the pelvis. So these, mm -hmm. uh, this is 3.9 million years ago is the evolution of Lucy. Mm -hmm. Good. And now Lucy is something that you observed from fossils, right? You didn't, you, you didn't actually see Lucy in real life. You saw the fossils of a bean that looked like you remodeled it to form Lucy that came from fossils and you're assuming that Lucy is somehow connected to humans, right? But no, but rationally we have to use DNA. We're relying Yeah. They're they're redoing <laughs> okay. the yeah. Lucy has similar DNA to human beings, but not Wait, the same. Wait, Donovan, can I ask a quick like clarifying question? Are you looking for a like so-called the link in present day, someone that's alive that bridges this gap between primates and, and humans today? Because I don't I mean, think you're going to find I mean, that. No, what I'm looking for is any evidence across any species of animal that can prove that one form of animal changes into another. Any evidence across anything, even bacteria, you will find none. That's what I'm saying. The theory of well, evolution... Is a religion you can't say you, just you like found just like Christianity, just like Christianity no. or creationism. Evolution is a religion based on faith and imagination. Okay, listen, the proof is in front of you, right there, yeah, like that, like right there in the, on the screen. Like just look Alejandro at your again, Lucy came from fossils. We have no evidence that Lucy was capable of reproduction and that Lucy gave birth Fine. or in, is it any way related to a human being? For all Do you have a know, better explanation? We have for, DNA. No. Like we have Do you have a better good. explanation for this? From DNA cat, we can surmise that Lucy was closely related to human beings. And but she was capable of reproduction. We know that good. she was so close to us that she literally bridged the genetic dispositions between good. primates today and us today. But I'm saying... We don't have any evidence that Lucy became human beings. But that is evidence, beings. Donovan. 
Like what Lucy is, is the evidence. The like she's being studied. Yeah. yeah. There's I mean, no, we're, we're not going to get anything better. So long, right? Like, like there's not. Talking... You're not going to get more. More. Sorry. Like, I, I, I just want to get out, more like, information. Like, like unless you create a time machine and you go back in time and you tell us how we came to be. This is all we is have your, to work with. Like, there's nothing else. I'm saying, Alejandro, don't imagine something and then present it to me as if it's science. You have no factual evidence to prove that Lucy became human beings. That's what I'm what saying. What is science to you? From fossils. For, what is, science science is, what is your understanding? Science you... is when you have a theory, you have a theory, okay. and then you use evidence to prove your theory, right? So, Donovan, Lucy. what is your evidence for our existence now? Like, how did we get here? What, okay. what is your no, perspective? No. My perspective is evolution is nonsense. It is okay. not real science because there's no evidence to prove the claim. But how did we get here? But how do you explain this us in, today? Yeah. So, so uh, if if we're finished discussing the fact that evolution is is nonsense, that, the well, I think that we'll come back now, to it. But um, how because do I everything think is evolution. Here? Everything is evolution. Everything is in motion. Everything is evolving. Everything. Yes. Nothing happens what? in isolation. No. And humans didn't just appear one day. Like What do you mean by what do you mean by everything is evolving? What do you mean by that? Because we're constantly reproducing and mutations happen and we're we're constantly editing and altering our environments which affect us and we That's affect true. our environments. Like That's true, Kat. But what I can tell is this human beings will never evolve into a cosmic being. We will never evolve into another form of animal. Not concerned about that. I'm more right concerned now. about how we do you think we got shape. here? We will change shape, but we won't evolve into something else. That's all that I'm saying. Donovan, how did we get here? How how do you see the like birth of the first human? Yeah. What did that look like? How did the we get here? The birth of the first two men. <laughs> no, no, no. I, no. I mean it's like how did how did human how did we come to be? If but, you have a better, if you have a better, like, and also I will say this, how many theories are proven? I don't think you, you, you understand correctly how the difference between a law and a theory works. Everything that is called a theory has a gap. Everything, except the laws, right? Hold At least on, in science. On, You're like, beside the point real quick, but I really do, I'm, I'm genuinely curious, Donovan, because I yeah, know yeah, that you are a man that holds on to science and I trust, I I trust your perspective and I, I'm genuinely curious, like how did, how do you see, how did we get here as the humans we are today? I believe that whoever created our universe and made it so that we, it's possible for human life to exist where it is today, created human beings. I believe we are a different animal from a fish or a cow or a bear and that we are not connected in any way genetically. If anybody online, if anybody, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to ask, do you think, so if I, I appreciate the, the, let's, yes. Okay. So the creator, whomever that be created humans. Was that the same time it created the earth in which, you know, our environment that we're so perfectly adapted to live on? Like our, does our existence in tandem with the, with earth, is that how you see it? Like, because geological time far surpasses anything that we humans have ever occupied. 
wait, you're saying did the person who create us create us so that we can survive in this so environment? Was like did how did the, the creation first human was appear? It seven days or was it yeah. like twenty billion years? I think that the person who created the universe, who created us, I don't I have no evidence to prove what that process was like. So then okay. I can, based on your own logic, I can just say that it's rubbish. What's that? Because you, you're, say, you're saying going, that evolution is rubbish, right? let because finish, there's no let evidence, finish, and then finish. you don't have evidence. So then I can also say that your own theory is rubbish. Because based on your own logic, there's no evidence. So what's the whole point? Good. What, what's the whole point? Good. Before, before I get to you, Alejandro, Kat, what, what were you asking? Um, I, I think you were answering my question. I'm just what Danielle appropriately kind of like reframes for me was like, do you believe that the earth has been here for 20 million billion years? Or do you think that us along with the earth were created in seven days or to some effect by this creator? No, my personal beliefs again, there for is, sure, beliefs. Ju there, there is beliefs. just as much evidence for my belief as there is for evolution. Okay. Just as much. Sa same amount. Okay. My belief is, um, Yes. Okay. So first of all, don't detract. Answer the question. <laughs> well, I, I, want, I want to. I want to make sure that I, I have a question properly before I go. Okay. I, I think I'm going to go off a slightly different. But um, I do believe that there's a creator created us. Was it seven days, ten weeks, however it is? I really don't know. Right. I truly can't tell you how many days it took, or whatever it is. What I can say is this. I do believe that there is a different form of wisdom linked to and found inside the Bible. I do believe that. Just from my own attempts to see why it is, do not lie, do not this, the sins, the laws, the stories within the Bible, the wisdom that I found in the Bible, I can't find anywhere else, not from any human being or from anything that collects that amount of wisdom. And so... I believe in my own self that the Bible does give a description. It says that God created, in the beginning, God created the heavens, which is space. No. Yeah, in the beginning, which is time, was first created. Then the heavens was created. Then earth was created. So in one instant, he created time, space, and matter. So just like Asanoff, that computer that created, let there be light, and didn't even give anything about time or space. He can't have you know, whatever. But anyway, the point is, being that time has passed, present, future, space has length, width, and height, and matter has solid, gas, and liquid, right? You have the 369 combination. If you look at Nikola Tesla, he called 369 the, what's it called? The secret of the universe. And you have multiple equations that incorporate 369, as the, the equation for the birth of whatever, reality and whatever it is. In mathematics, there are certain numbers that signify whatever, right? And so I do believe, I believe, I believe the closest thing to the truth is what's found in the Bible. That's the closest thing to the truth. And again, we have zero evidence for it. Just like we have for evolution, zero evidence for it, Okay. I find you very curious, Donovan, but I love you nonetheless. Um, it sounds like. <laughs> uh, 
Um, it sounds like, I mean, you have a very strong hold on your religion, Christianity, and coupled with and empowered by the power of science. Is that, would you say that's accurate? Only when it doesn't go against what is written in the book. Come on. I don't, really, listen, are we really again, playing this game? Again, I, I'll say. This that, is hypocritical. Good. Donovan, again, come on. What's hypocritical, Vikat? Please explain. See, you are like, you know, what is written in the Bible is correct. And, you know, that is why I want to believe it. I said it's the and closest then, thing I believe to the truth. I didn't say it's correct. But you believe. You believe to the truth. To the truth. It's, I believe it's closest to the truth. I don't, I don't, you know. The, the key part is not <laughs> the truth in that sentence. The key part is believe. So That it's closest so when, to the truth. Yeah, believe. I don't believe in it still, itself, but... You know, go ahead. Yeah, it believe, be. believe. It's still, it's still inside your head, right? And just like every, evolution. Yeah. Every no, 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 no. When you know, when Daniel is trying to put forth an argument and say, you're not even able to entertain the possibility that you know uh, we could have existed for a long enough amount of time that uh, species moves from one to the other, but you're like, but. You're like, you know, in my book, it's already written. So I don't no, want to I, listen to I any entertain of this. the possibility, Vikat. I believe it is possible. I'm saying there's zero uh -huh. evidence for it. To say that it's not possible, I can't know that. I'm saying we have mm -hmm. no scientific evidence to link to say directly that we evolved from Lucy. There is none so, for it. It's a theory okay. that was created and there's no evidence for it. So we know. So do you believe that? Humans have existed for as long as the universe has existed? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. What I'll say is... Yeah, think that okay. radiocarbon dating is accurate? Exactly. I was exactly mm. going there. No, we know for a fact that it isn't. We know for a fact that carbon dating, carbon dating, as years go by, the values change. As in, we have carbon dated fossils before that we dated back to 50,000 years. And then later on, Carbon dating dated that same fossil back to 50, like, like 30,000 years. So carbon dating has been proven to be inaccurate multiple different times. So that, that's something you, you can actually look up. Is it still useful? Um, maybe. Yes, maybe. But, but I'd say, I, I would say it does give us a clue of when things came about. It does give us a clue. Kind of like the Bible, right? Gives us a clue. Well, to even believe that is a leap, cat. I, but it's I'll still take that useful. From uh, if you're going to get to that far, I'll take that. That's that's a step in the right direction. <laughs> that it's it's still useful, right? Like it's. I don't know. I I am perplexed by you, Donovan, and truly, like I love you all the more for it because it's it's, <laughs> it's forcing me and and hopefully Again. our listeners. Hopefully, you're not driving and road rage like, <laughs> by all this. But uh, no, truly, I mean, yeah. it's 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 healthy. Well, well, I wouldn't advise the road rage thing. I just advise that when you get home, sit down and find out any evidence for a change of kind, not change of species, change of kind. You will never find an instance in history where one animal changed into another. It has never happened. And so as always, rage, listeners, just, just stick to the evidence, stick to the science. Don't road, road rage, okay? It's not going to Don't happen. road rage. Stick to the science Please. as long as it doesn't, you know, go against your book. Please. Stay Hit us up on your folks. preferred platform. <laughs> because, 
Because exactly, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I keep I've saying that. I've never seen I'll one instance when I said anything like. I'll, that. I'll tell you why I keep saying that. Because when you say <sighs> it is rational to think that a creator did this, because based on astrology certain, and probability, not based on the Bible. Yeah, based on probability. Okay. But for any other line of logic, whether it's carbon dating or evolution, you're not even willing to look at the probabilistic chance. that it happens you're like it's absolutely not possible if i, I want I, to prove god I never, this I probability never is good it. enough for me if it goes against my bible then i don't like probability this is nonsense good. this is an no, absolute I, at no point did i say anything like that all of that you okay. imagined i at no point said i definitely know anything i said what mm-hmm. is most rational to believe that doesn't mean i said that the something is a fact for sure so none of that was okay. said okay Daniel. So okay if there was there is there is error in carbon dating there is a certain error in carbon dating that's and proven. you can look that up you can you can look yeah. that up yeah if there is error in carbon dating but then your mind does not move towards probabilistic thinking in that case because it is not about your version of god for god you're like yeah you know this is rational because there is a certain probability see what we are trying to establish with carbon dating is we are trying to understand that man has not existed from the point that you know planets have existed earth has existed so even if we are off by like 50 million years it still goes to show that you know man came way later but that contradicts okay. with bible I mean, so you don't want asked, to think probabilistically because you're like no, it hurts your feelings so okay good i have a good, question good, good. I have, no i, I was asked that question specifically Do I believe man oh. was born at the time of the creation of the planet? And my answer yeah. was I don't know. Again, Vikat, you're imagining things that I said which I did not say. I said I don't know. Good. Yeah. So so the thing is <laughs> Daniel Daniel you, you waited a long the time. The <laughs> thinking the thinking is only going in a probabilistic direction when you're making us you have a belief and then you're finding science for it. That is not how logic works. That's how all science works. You start with a theory and then you prove yeah. your theory. That's science. Good. So that's no, a, no, so, no, no. See, so, what, what is so anything that question. is fact is something that you also look if you can see and disprove it. You just don't cherry pick and be like, see, this well, particular I disprove, part I won't Okay. I I yeah, can't Daniel. disprove I can't disprove evolution. I can say there's no evidence for it. Yes, Daniel. Do you believe that some that species go extinct? Yes. Do you the think that there's one that, that was too don't... stupid to continue? I had a girlfriend used to call me a dodo bird. I used to say, "God." So, yeah, screw you, girlfriend. I screw you, girlfriend. I think that that she's cool. She's not that bad, but you know, I didn't like. It's a cultural thing. She said they say that in her country. People call each other dodo birds and I'm like, "Don't call me. Dodo birds one of the dumbest animals to have ever existed and they went into extinction because they're too stupid to survive." So yes, they were Daniela, too stupid. This is the point of like what natural selection is. They were no longer fit to reproduce in their environment. Um, and I think what's really important to notice, if you are looking at the idea of the phylogenetic tree, what you will see is that you have current species that branch from points, and those points represent intermediate species that that went extinct. Intermediate species. Yes. So you're saying that there's somewhere in between a monkey and a man where there was that where Lucy existed. Lucy was like that pivotal point between a monkey and a man. Or like a whale, like 
so whales oh, have so maybe pelvises. We came from whales. No, yeah, so whales whales have a pelvis and fingers. I Good, and, so, and and I heard that cows became whales. Is that one of the theories too? That that, that it's whales. It's not a theory. You can trace through. So what I'm trying to say is that if you believe that species have gone extinct, mm-hmm. then it you can imagine that the intermediate species between a terrestrial organism and a whale, because clearly they had Mm -hmm. legs because they have a pelvis and a pelvis is to hold legs and they have fingers as though they Mm. were. I I can send you, I can send you evidence to prove that that's wrong. And another example would be like the giraffe, like a giraffe is ultimately as we would know, would have been a horse, but over time, the neck stretched because they could reach to the top. That's of the not trees. why they have a long neck. Actually, I'll oh, debunk really? that right now. Well, giraffes have long necks because they tried. whack them against each other when they compete Fight. for mates. And so, so that was after the fact, the, right? Uh, no, what probably happened is that that sparring. So the giraffe with the longer, thicker neck got to mate, and so that trait got passed on. And so this is the this is the thing that we don't understand. And so then, where's the weird giraffe that has like a in between neck? He didn't get to mate zebra. So no. <laughs> where's the right the okapi? Um, so then, like, what my point is, Donovan, that like when we're looking over the entire history of time, that that there are so many things that have come and gone, mm-hmm. and from that, those branch species the fossil record and our current understanding of genetics. Like that's why we have so much in common with like rats. That's why we can use rats for medical research because they have, we have so much DNA in common. So, with we, them. so we were once rats then at one point. No, no, but there's a branch species for terrestrial mammals from which we all evolved. And so we have a lot of DNA in common with them because we have a common ancestor. But so Daniel, can, can we agree? Can we agree? that we don't have any examples of that in reality. Can we agree on that? That we have zero. What you're saying is that all of those in-between species somehow died at the same time because no, we have no examples. That. Yeah, but where are they then? Can you show me one example of an in-between species between a rat and a cat or a, or a, or a cow and an elephant? Can you show me one example yeah, of that in-between species? The proto-mammals and the fossil record show that it's the, <sighs> it's the reason that Archaeopteryx was the link between reptiles and birds. Like you have a reptile that has feathers. Like that's Daniel, in the fossil, fossil record. Fossil records. Donovan, don't tell me you don't believe in fossils. Please don't tell me that. Of course, fossils exist. What I'm saying they is... They exist, you can, but you believe that they're real? You believe... What, I, what I'm saying is we have no <laughs> evidence that those fossils gave birth or led to the creation of human beings. That's what I'm saying. We assume, based on our but you imagination... you believe that fossils are real evidence of what had existed before us. You believe yes. the yes. fossil record but is I, a legitimate I, form right. of information. But, but I, I'll give you another example now. So, in the creationist... I'm not convinced you believe in fossils, in the, Donovan. In the, in the creationist... <laughs> no, no, okay. Okay, listen. There are species, species that existed once before, Dinosaur existed before. They all You believe died. in dinosaur? Okay, okay. They okay. all died, right? <laughs> they all died. These animals existed. So fossils are there to prove their existence. What we have no evidence for is the direct link between these fossils and human beings. We have no fossils that connect 
cows with goats or pigs with cats. We have no connection to prove them. It's a theory. Evolution is a theory. That is not science. It's a religion. Wait, you wait, wait. To answer the question of uh, show me a middle animal, if if because it takes are, millions say, of years, it takes millions of years to get from one kind to another. So I'm saying at some point we should be able to find that interlinking right? being that's so, in, inside the process. So, for example, there are animals which are close to each other, and if you wanted to show a right. middle animal. The animal that currently exists now is the middle animal because you don't know what it is going to be like millions of years down the line. Well, whenever you we are, are the middle that, animal, like I am the middle animal. Millions of no, years down have, the line, we I have, look we have no, 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 no. I'm asking you to find me a middle animal which led to an animal that exists right now. To, to imagine that we will become something is another theory that you're making up. But I'm saying I want evidence for where we came from. Right? So you'd have to show me one animal evolving into another. Find me that animal that's in between its evolutionary process to another form of animal. That doesn't exist. Okay, before I decide whether I want to continue this or not. So is there a different theory that you... Yeah, I don't want to waste my energy. So yeah. you, yeah. anything you find more believable, is there a different theory you find believable? That they were all dropped onto the earth by someone. So that is more believable to you. If there's a is theory that what it I is? find if there's a theory I find more believable than as in evolution. Boom, like everything. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, okay. Like boom, okay. everything so, happened. So, there is so a tiger, lion, human. Okay, we had a conversation earlier where everyone here says, You said I will take no belief about whether God exists or not. Right? Because I can't prove whether God exists or not. By me saying that evolution is nonsense because there's no explanation for it, doesn't mean I'm taking a position on what actually led to the creation of human beings. I'm simply pointing out that there's weaknesses and flaws in that specific theory of evolution. That's all I'm doing. Then why would you not use a word like plausible instead of nonsense? Mm, I'm, because question. there's no evidence for it. That's all I'm saying. There's no evidence for it. There's no. But evidence. why would you, in the same breath, say I think Bible is closer to the truth, based on what? No. Again, I, I I went out of my way to avoid religion. I was trying to speak only about a creator and how we came to be. Every time I talk about a creator, you guys went into religion and beliefs and who choose to believe in a God or Jesus. That's not. I'm not arguing about any of that. I'm arguing about the the probability that we came to be out of random occurrence or that we were created by a creator. That's all that I'm trying to talk about, but you guys keep now, getting caught into religion. I will also, I will also ask you this, because I keep listening to probability and probability. Probability is based on data, isn't it? Yes, based on our okay. present knowledge of science, yes. Well, no, 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 based on data. Not not our understanding science. of science, like data, right? Like information. We it regardless, science has nothing to do. Like there is an observable world outside, okay. and we do observe it through the eyes of mathematics because numbers come from mathematics, right? And based on these data, we make calculations, mathematical calculations, to derive statistics, right? And right. the whole science of probability and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. 
So, I, okay. So he, here is my point. From where I'm observing the whole talk about evolution, and here I am kind of an ignorant compared to Daniel. Daniel, you're a, <laughs> you did pay attention at school. Like yeah, Daniel I, was I good. Was Daniel, not, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. I was, I was just not, not good at here. Yeah, and, and we have another time because I'm, I'm actually planning to, to, to make my case. Okay. We'll, we'll get back to it. We'll make but it this is a cool thing, episode. though, Kat. This, I, I like this one. Like, I'm glad. I, like, did. this one was very interesting. Very interesting. I'd and like I respect, to read more about I respect Asanoff. I do. I respect that guy. He is an atheist, but he approaches, he approaches it in still from a humble perspective, as in, I don't believe it. Because it's more I don't like have agnostic, maybe. It. Anyways, I'm, yeah. I'm asking too yeah. many questions. I apologize. <laughs> Listeners, please stay tuned as we try to uncover the secrets of our universe. However, that may look, you're along for the journey should you choose to accept it. Dun, dun, dun. Avast ye mates. This is the end of our show today, but don't go just yet. Be a real treasure hunter and share this episode with a friend. Like what we're doing? Tell us what you think by leaving a comment and following us on your preferred platform. To continue the conversation, tweet us at the sunken tea. And don't forget, you can join in on the adventure by sending us your own sunken treasure by using the link in the description. Thanks for listening. Until we meet again in our next episode of the sunken treasures.